Welcome to the FFGF Podcast. We are located in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and our mission is for you to know God and make Him known. We pray this message blesses you today. If you'd like more information about our ministry or how you can partner with us, please go to fredfulgospel.com. Thanks for listening. Now, I have a, something to say that I feel um, important about growing. How many here want to grow in grace and in the knowledge of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? If you want to grow today, just raise your hand. That's important. And God wants you to grow. In fact, the Bible tells us how to grow. My minister used to say, sometimes we're against habits. We don't like to get into forms. But you know, there's some good habits that you need to inculcate if you're going to grow. And so not all habits are bad. There's some good things we habitually breathe. Sometimes we, we, we don't have to think about breathing. There's a number of things the Bible tells us that the early church did habitually. And numbers of places it says do this continually. We're going to look at some of that today and see what's important for us as Christians to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's important to grow. You know, now when you bring home your little baby, it's so beautiful to see a little child. But if that child stayed the same size after a year or two, and there was no growth, there's a problem. And then that joy turns into sadness. Think about Jesus who has given himself so you can have all of him. He doesn't want you to be stunted. He wants us to grow. And he wants us to come into new things. I love that about the Christian life. We don't stay where we are. We don't keep on passing by the mountain again and again. I remember when Moses did that and the Lord said, you've gone past this mountain enough. Go forward. God wants us to go forward. God wants to do a new thing in your life. He wants new light, new excitement, new joy, new gifts of the Holy Ghost, new revelations of Jesus. Don't get stuck. And so today I'm going to unstuck you. I'm going to kick you going. Amen. Because to be honest with you, I could care less if I have 500. I want lovers of Jesus. I want people to find him. I'm not here to grow a church. I'm not here just to be a coordinator of church business. That to me is boring. I want to see the fire fall. Hallelujah. I want to see people filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to see our young people making wise choices and falling in love with Jesus. The business will take care of itself when we do his business, you know. But we want to do the business of God. We want to see reality. And so God, help us as an assembly. Fulfill in us, Lord. Help us as pastors. Keep us all. Make us all to grow, God, in your grace. In Jesus' name. I want to give you a little description of the early church in Acts chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to it. And John, the fellows are back there. They'll help me put these verses on the screen. The first one I want to put up is uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And we're going to read 43, 44, 45 and read this passage. The, the disciples had just been filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. 
And it says uh, that they that gladly received the word, this is verse 41, were baptized. And the same day there was added around 3,000 to the church. So the number of the church on this day was 3,120. I did the math, all right? And so that was a good group to start and started in Jerusalem as Jesus said. But look at verse 42, read it with me. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Now, isn't that interesting? There's a variety of things we need to do continually to grow. All right? And one of them is to continue in doctrine. Doctrine is teaching. We need teaching, folks. Yeah. But sometimes folks really gravitate to the word, but they don't learn how to worship. Praise is the key that brings the victory. Praise is the thing that brings the move of God. We need the word. We need prayer. We need to walk in the spirit. We need to be men and women of the word. So let's look at it. They continued steadfastly. That means they continued daily in the apostles' doctrine or the teaching of the word. The Bible says as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. This word has life-changing power. We need to continue in the word. I want to say to you, there's never a time when you know enough. I know pretty much, not as much. I don't know the Greek and the Hebrew, but I studied this thing for years and years, and I had two years, uh, two hours a day at that camp. I talk about 10 years every day in the word, in the word. Folks, <laughs> this word is Jesus. And it's past finding out. And one great saint said that the Lord showed her that throughout the ages of eternity, we're going to be basking in the revelation of the word of God. The word has power. We need the word daily, continually. Amen? Now, one of the things about our church I like is I call it a full service church. We are not just a Sunday morning church. Now, Sunday morning is important because we have real worship here, don't we? In fact, we actually have shouting and praise. And you know, in some places, unfortunately, when the fire dies out, the praise dies out. And I'm glad God's keeping us alive and giving him praise. God inhabits the praises of his people. We need the worship service. We need the praise. We need the excitement. We need the gathering together a Sunday morning. That's very, very wonderful. But you know what? We have a Sunday school where we break the word. What a class we had today. I was blessed by my own teaching. We got into Haggai and we found out the message of Haggai and it's so up to date and we need to understand the Bible. We gave a good overview of the book of Haggai ending with the fact that the people that came back from captivity rebuilt that temple and the temple looked small and it looked like nothing like Solomon's temple. But he said the glory of that latter house would be greater than the glory of the former because that was the house that Jesus visited. That was the house that Jesus healed and that's the house that the Holy Ghost descended and the church of Jesus Christ grew out of that temple that those people didn't want to build. They were building their own houses. So you see, I could preach on Haggai. You know why? Because I know the message of Haggai. You know why? Because I studied it. 
And the Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. God doesn't want you to depend on the church and on the pastor. He wants you to know the word. Amen. Ow. Okay. That can be funny today. All right. So they continued in the doctrine. So we have opportunities. Wednesday night, we have tremendous studies here. Folks, I'm not praying. I'm just telling you the truth. God comes. Sometimes we don't know how to stop. He just pours out his spirit. It's a wonderful time of fellowship. It says they continued in the doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread. I think that refers to perhaps it certainly includes communion. How many are blessed by communion services? But then the last one is the one I want to really emphasize. They continued in prayer. Wow. How important it is to recognize that God wants us to continue in prayer and how important it is to continue in prayer. I want to just, before we get back to prayer, let's read verse 46. Maybe that could be put up for us. 46 is an important verse. Let's read it together. And they continue daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house and did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. The original church was not a Sunday morning church. They met daily. Not, not everyone can come all the time. And I recognize everyone here has different schedules, so don't get onto a guilt trip. But the whole thing was they actually lived together. There was a community where they pooled all their money and everyone's needs were met so they could seek God because that was so important. Now it's a different arrangement. We have different churches, different nominations. We don't have one place where everybody joins and lives there. But we ought to make our church part of the community of our life. We ought to make it important in our life. We really ought to have our friends that are godly friends. We ought to have our activities that help us socially because God cares about that too. And we don't have to go to the world and society for our fulfillment. Let's get together and be a strong church that loves one another. When one are hurting, we come alongside of them. When there's a need, we come alongside in prayer and especially in that morning prayer. And oh, to get back to prayer, you talk about Holy Ghost prayer. I'm telling you, folks, what goes on in the morning here is not average, not normal, and not very common. And not only do we pray for our church needs, but folks who come are learning to touch God in a new and a greater way in their own prayer life because you're going to have to stand for the victory in your family. You're going to have to pray through your children, your grandchildren. You're going to have needs. And what a privilege it is to be in a house that has the word, that has children's ministry, that has praise and worship, that is teaching good doctrine, and has a five prayer meetings where you can touch him and have your needs met. I don't need your needs. Meet your needs. Something like that. God will meet your needs as we seek him together, as we pray. And how many are thankful that sometimes you might come into a meeting cold? Anyone ever been like that except for Sister Donna? Anybody ever had that? You come into a meeting, you kind of feel a little out of it. You went through a rough week, and yet there's people around you, and they're filled with the Holy Ghost, and they're shouting, and they're feeling his presence, and all of a sudden that presence comes off them and smacks you right up. <laughs> 
And all of a sudden you get a little happy and you recognize that God is good anyway and that there's always sun shining. Even in your cloudy days, you just fly over those clouds and the sun is shining. But sometimes we need to see him. Hallelujah, we lose sight of him. And that's why fellowship is important because if you get out on your own too far and the trials of life overwhelm you and you're out of the word and you're out of prayer, you're gonna dry up and you're gonna burn up and you're gonna have a tough time, but there's protection in the body, folks. Huh? Oh boy. Thank you, who said that? Thank you, Bob. How did I, I should have known that would be you. The church was birthed in a prayer meeting. I love the musicians. But true musicians are invisible. They lead us to Jesus. And prayer meetings lead us to the fountain. There was a time I didn't like prayer meetings. I needed something to help me. I understand the process. Folks, I went through the process. I didn't know John 3.16. I had to test and prove everything I'm teaching you. And everything I'm teaching you, I know is true. I didn't know how to touch them in prayer. I didn't like prayer meetings. They were too long. I wondered sometimes if folks had fallen asleep. And then the day came. I started as a young man to pray. It was hard at first. Prayer is work. And somehow God has to tune that heart before we can touch him. I didn't have that right away. But I want to tell you, if you seek him, you'll find him. If you call upon him, he will answer you. If you hunger for him, he'll break the dryness. He'll pierce through the heavens. He'll reveal himself to you. And you'll have something to shout about. And then the day came I didn't want all this talk. I'd rather just get alone with Jesus. I'd rather just pray. Because prayer is wonderful, folks. But it's an effort. And I promise you the enemy will fight you. But I also promise you God will be on your side. And he'll hear the faintest cry. And he'll come and reveal his love. Oh, every one of us who are going to heaven started with a prayer. Is that not so? We call it the sinner's prayer. We got down. We recognized his word was true. He is the savior. We are sinners. And we pray that prayer. Lord, forgive me for my sin. Be my savior. Is that not so? But we only don't begin in prayer. We continue in prayer. And watch in the same with thanksgiving. I want to quote that verse again. It's Colossians 4 verse 2. Maybe we can put it up. It says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Continue in prayer means having good habits of prayer. Maybe it's the morning for you. Some have it during the night. I like the morning because, well, it doesn't make sense to pray at night. The day is over. I think it's a good thing to get up a little early. Take 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever you can. Get into the word. Get into prayer. Continue in prayer and watch in the same. You see, when you're in prayer, you become watchful. You go into your day prepared. And you are armed for the battle. 
And not only are you watchful, how many know and how many have experienced in a season of prayer that he touches you and you become thankful. You become appreciative by his word and by his tender touch in your life. And so we are to continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Also, let's turn to Colossians chapter 2 and verse 16. And let's read that together, all right? It says, I don't know that that's the right verse. I don't think that's the right verse. All right. It says here in Colossians chapter 3. I gave you the wrong reference, so please forgive me. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. These are good habits also. Not only prayer, we're going to get back to prayer, but also staying in that word, staying in teaching. And if you have that gift and call, teaching others. There's a tremendous blessing that comes when you operate in the thing God has given you. Come on, you got to say amen. And I, I, I know a little bit about it. I have this class on Thursday night. I have a whole bunch of hungry people. And you know what? I feel God does more for me than them. It's a wonderful thing to share the word. All right? And then it says, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Praising again is such an important habit to inculcate in your life. Turn off the tube. Turn on the worship music in your home. Begin to have times of praise. You'll find it will keep you. Praise is a form of prayer. And it's mighty to God to the pulling down of strongholds. I've seen demons and I have gotten victory over darknesses and depression through praise. Not medication. Supplication. And praise. Prayer and the word works. Okay. Amen. Good habits. Colossians chapter 1. I want to read something here. Verse 22. Actually 21, 22, and 23 I'm going to read. It says this. And you who were sometime alienated in enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. How many can say amen? Thank God we're reconciled. It says this. 22. In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. Let's remember the price he paid. It was his death that purchased it. Not just to get believers or church members. Look what it says. To present you holy. That's not religion. That's not a suit and a tie. That's freedom from sin. That's purity within that's glory, to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. And so, folks, God wants us to believe that he's growing us into that place of holiness within, Christ-likeness, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. And then look what it says in 23. Let's read it together. It says, if ye continue in the faith, 
grounded and settled. And be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was preached to every creature under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. There again we have that word continue. It's speaking about continuing the faith. But you know, faith without works is dead. You need to continue in this. You need to continue in prayer. You need to continue in worship. You need to be in with the body of Christ. I didn't have this really to say today, but I'm reminded of the fact that God has revealed to me that many of the folks in my church that get defeated get on the peripheral. They get outside of the pack. In fact, I'll tell you another thing I shouldn't tell you. I know more than I think. Brother Gardner said one time at the table that I was smarter than I look. Praise God for that. If you find Jesus, you'll love my church. If you stay on the peripheral, go somewhere else. And let me tell you something about how the enemy works. He's a predator animal. He always seeks for those who are outside the pack. There's protection in the pack. But when he gets them outside and they're all alone and they're all discouraged, all of a sudden... And so we need to recognize God put us in bodies... And the church is imperfect, and so is the pastor. But I got good news for you. The one who's in charge of the place is Jesus. And we keep exalting him. We keep lifting him up. He'll straighten out, Sister Donna, and everything will work out right. Hallelujah. She just said amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, it's good to have a laugh anyway. Because we're on the victorious side. We have a king who loves us. And we have a God who's begun a good work. And he said he'll finish it. Let him finish it. Create good habits in your life. Let me just give you a blanket statement. Every devout Christian should have a daily prayer life. Every devout Christian who wants Jesus in his fullness has to have a prayer life. Nobody's going to care about your life more than you. You need to pray. So let's start. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to be watching. And let's create really, really good habits. In closing, I want to talk about a man who did this. Really created good habits. His name was Daniel. And he prayed three times a day. I want you to turn with me to the book of Daniel. And I'm going to read some verses in chapter 6 of Daniel, just a little bit about him. You already know what I'm going to tell you, but I just want to strengthen you in the fact that when we give ourselves to good habits as Daniel does, he does great things. And our blessings will grow, maybe even way beyond. You remember Daniel was one of the children of Israel that was taken in the Babylonian captivity by Nebuchadnezzar, probably taken to chains in Babylon. He was there in Babylon, but he was really a servant of the king of Babylon. And it wasn't an easy existence. He must have really missed Israel. He must have mourned about the temple being destroyed. But you know what? He was such a powerful, excellent man that he stood in the kingdom of Babylon. And the whole world was changed because of Daniel. We're told he started schools of the prophets. It's where the Magi heard. It's where Babylon heard and knew the coming of the Messiah. He became a statesman. And because of his reading, the handwriting on the wall, and the power of God in his life, the whole kingdom had to recognize that the God of Daniel is God. 
Why? Because he was a man of prayer. The Bible says he prayed three times a day. I want to read a few verses to you. I'm going to read chapter 6, verse 1, 2, and 3 to start it together. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom in 120 princes, which should be over the whole realm, over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Now this is an unusual instance for a captive of another nation to be so appreciated that Darius the king was going to make him over the whole realm. Promotion doesn't come from the east or from the west. It doesn't come because of your PhDs or your smartness. It comes because of an excellent spirit. When you spent those hours in prayer and God sanctified you and set things out of you and changed your heart, but he didn't only set out, he set in an ability to hear from heaven, to interpret dreams, to see things in the spirit. I didn't plan on saying this. I didn't want to make too much of us. We're small little ministers who want to do a lot better. But I have a wife who started to pray as a young girl. I have a wife who chose Jesus in high school, who really served him, kept herself from sin, and learned to find him. And we are reaping the blessings today of her faith. But it started because she gave herself to prayer as a young girl. And I am privileged to live with a woman that hears from heaven. And when my wife comes to me and says, the Lord told me, sometimes folks say that to me and I'm like, oh, well, I better check it out with the scriptures. But I know that God speaks folks. But he'll speak and tune our hearts as he gets us into prayer. So you know the story. These other political figures rose up and they didn't like Daniel. So they made the king to make an edict and the king wasn't very wise and the decision was made that they could pray to no other God. No one in the realm could pray unto any other God but to that king. I don't know why he signed it. <laughs> but look what it says in verse 10. This is chapter 6 verse 10. Now when Daniel knew the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in the chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he always has done. The world's going to tell you stop praying. Things of life is going to tell you it's not important. But Daniel had found something alone with God. And even though there was a commandment, don't pray to any other God, he really put himself out on the limb and he said, I'm going to seek God anyway. Folks, I think we need to have the anyway in our lives. Pentecostals are stopped praying. Charismatics are stopped praying. They believed in the gifts. Now they're shutting it down. The whole thing's drying out. God needs some people that will keep praying. Oh, someday I'm going to be nice. Someone said, why? That's cute. 
And you know what happened. I don't want to go through the whole story. They throw Daniel in the Daniel's the lion's den. Now you say to me, well, Pastor Mike, we all know that story. What does that have to do? Well, I want to just give you a new take on the story. Of course, in the den were lions. I hope none of us actually get thrown into a lion's den with real lions. But we have been thrown into a lion's den. Every one of us live in a lion's den. The Bible says that this world, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. And the devil goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Peter, 1 Peter 3. He is seeking to devour. He has come to deceive and to destroy. And his attack, we see in Revelation 13, is primarily against God's people. He is against the seed of the woman, which was Jesus. And you're the seed of Jesus. He's against the church. Don't think because you are saved that the enemy is not going to attack you. He's going to try to attack you more. He wanted to destroy Daniel in that dead lion's den. But Daniel was prepared because he prayed three times a day. He didn't just pray in trouble. He prayed daily and God protected him. And so I believe those demon powers, we could certainly compare them, those lions to demon powers. Okay? Now he's in the lion's den, but the Bible says we live in a den of iniquity. There's iniquity all around us. We're in this dark place and there's demons all around us. And you know the king loved Daniel and he didn't sleep that night and in the morning he got up and he shouted out, Daniel, was your God able to deliver you? Hallelujah. And Daniel lifted up his voice and said, Oh, king. He said, My God has sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. Well, the Bible says the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him. And so those lions that attack their demon powers and that den is representative of iniquity. But our God is with us everywhere we go. And he stopped the mouths of those lions with his angels. And then they brought him out of that pit. And you know, I was thinking, the Bible says, he lifts our heads even above our enemies. He exalts us in due time. We have a God that we can trust in every area of our lives. But the thing and the reason why he got miracles is he lived in a miracle. He stayed in prayer. He continued in that place of power. And there's no victory or no defeat in that place with Jesus Christ. And so maybe a little dis different perspective on the Daniel and the lion's den. But remember, we're in a den of iniquity. And the lion is trying to devour us. But God is on our side. He shuts the mouth of that lion. God wants me somewhere along the way. A new thing the Lord has done for the pastor. I used to sometimes push too much. But you know what God has shown me? God wants us to live in the overflow, in the abundance. God wants us to live with provision and health and strength. God wants us to be able to rout out enemies, not only in our own lives and troubles we've had in the past, but to set people free by the power of God. God wants to make you a healer, a difference maker. God wants to make this a Holy Ghost church. And it needs to have a people who will pray. So today I'm asking you, will you help God? He doesn't need our help. 
help, but he needs those who are his hands and feet. Will you say, God, I'll be a man and a woman of prayer. Now I'm going to call to the altar and I want to share something with you that I felt is important because a lot of churches don't have altar services and I don't blame them for that. That some We have different teaching and different backgrounds and so that's understandable. But I want to say two things in closing and I am going to close because I preached too long today. Please forgive me. But give me two more minutes and then I'll never speak again. So anyway, what happened was, a few weeks ago, this is true now, what I'm going to tell you, look this way, I want you my attention, I know it's a hard thing, I preached on, we're sinners and he forgave us, who remembered that? Okay. And at the end of my sermon, I mentioned, because he forgave us, we have a mandate from heaven to forgive everyone who is ought against us, remember that? And I mentioned that unforgiveness was the only sin Jesus said four times in the New Testament will not be forgiven. And I called for people to come. And my wife was standing here thinking, you know what she told me? She said, I saw chains falling off of God's people. Yeah. And you know one of them whose chains fall off? I'd gone through a real hurt in my life. I thought I had forgiven but it ate at me. kind of stayed on me. And I woke up the next morning and I said, what happened? That chain is gone. I was set free. The reason we come to the altar is not because we're sinners only, but because we're wanting to get more saintly. And if the word of God is preached under the leading of the Lord, isn't it only right to say, yes, amen, Lord, give me that love. Give me that humility. Give me that forgiveness. And so, folks, it's important to pray about the word. Now, some folks have a hard time coming to the altar. Let me tell you, there's no magic in the altar. The magic is in the prayer. So if you don't come, pray anyway. So last time I was here, I know Jamie had last week. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, worship team. We listened to you in Florida. I was glad I went to your church. But the time before that, I preached about resurrection life and how resurrection life, Jesus is healer. He's in you. He's deliverer. He's sanctifier. He's in you. And I mentioned some of you have begun to be healed, but God wants to finish it. Well, what happened is dear Ruth came and stood right here. The same spite that Mike Radcliffe got healed of four-stage cancer. I didn't know why Ruth came, but I saw her just reaching out to the Lord, and all of a sudden, God touched her. And then she got up, and she began to jump, and she had this joy upon her. And I then found out that she had had a fall and broke three ribs. And that morning, she could hardly breathe because those ribs were pressing against her lungs but as God touched her he healed her right here because she responded to the altar and she gave herself to pray about what God was talking folks we need to pray I don't know how to end it but it's ended hallelujah hey maybe it'd be good to end it in prayer what do you think Hallelujah. Come on, let's all stand up. Let's pray. Let's pray, God, give us a spirit of prayer. God, if we've left that closet, get us back in.
Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for our gift of prayer in this house and over this people. Lord, we dedicate ourselves today to be men and women of the word, men and women that stay in fellowship, and men and women of prayer. And Lord, you'll do the rest. God, do it over this place. Give grace, God. Lord wants me to say, start tomorrow. Don't put this sermon on the back burner. Implement. Take time. Look at your schedule. Talk to your husband. Get a time. And all how husbands and wives should pray together too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your presence here all morning. We've sensed it. And we believe you've given us a word, a challenging word. God cause us to be as Daniel and Danielle's. Cause us to change this world because we're in God. And God is moving.